Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. I reached out to Pastor Frederick to see if he would be our pastor that day for us so I wouldn't have to fulfill that row since it was my father and uh, he was there early as all of us was there early showed up went in prayed with dad and was there to support and encourage our family and then a few years later whenever mom had triple had open heart surgery as well again he came and sat with our family until you know until we felt comfortable enough for him to leave and i think the one the one on, on the wednesday i think it was a wednesday that maybe mom's was on it was a wednesday and he was there for a while and i think he left i'm not sure he left and went and did his own service that night even if i'm not mistaken uh if not that's what he seemed to you know posture to me but uh <laughs> but we left also uh, whenever there was also uh, whenever Phil Schneider those who knew that we were uh, uh, guardians over Phil Schneider and he passed away I called on Brother Frederick and Brother Frederick did the funeral of Phil Schneider to not put me in a, pe- a, pe- a peculiar uh, spot as some of you may know in order to handle that I called on him again so I'm in debt I guess a little bit uh, to him Yet anytime, most times, I should say that we part ways. He always uses this phrase. Now, always remember, you have a friend in Madisonville, Kentucky. And I'm glad to have my friend with me today. Amen. Will you make him welcome as he comes to minister the word of the Lord? Let's give that to the Lord today, would you? Would you help me just for a moment? Isn't he a great God? Man. Today's a special day. 80 years. That's a long time, y'all. That's longer than I've been alive. You have been blessed down through the years with more than capable ministry I look here today I see Bishop sitting back there I see his lovely wife sitting beside him the same wife that I did come to minister to when she was don't shake your head because you know it's the truth okay I'll leave it no I'm not leaving it alone I ran everybody out of the room. She was moments away from being taken for surgery. I ran out of the room in case, I ran everybody out of the room in case she wanted to tell me something that she didn't want family to hear. I prayed with her, I left. She came through the surgery remarkably well. X amount of days later, weeks later, months, I don't remember when, We were talking about that day, and her response to me was, was you even there? (laughs) 
I told her that day when she asked, was you even there? I told her that day that the day would come that I would get her back. Debt paid, okay? Debt paid. I look to my right today and I see Pastor and Sister McGee, two of my favorite people in the whole wide world and more than capable ministry. I get tired of being compared to Brother Paul McGee Jr. I want him to be compared to me, but that's asking too much. Today, we are also celebrating not only 80 years, but we're we're celebrating 10 years of his pastoral endeavors here at First Apostolic Church. Now, he is facing this way. He's not looking around. I never do this, but I want the show of hands today. How many loves your pastor? Okay, put your hands down. You better raise your hand. How many's ever been mad at your pastor? Okay, some of y'all just fibbed right here in the house of God. You're afraid that somebody behind you would see you raise your hand. If he's doing his job, and I'm, com- I'm comfortable that he is, most of you should have raised both hands. I want to go today to the book of Numbers, starting in the 10th chapter, reading in the first verse. And I'm, I, I know what it is to pastor, and I am getting ready to send your pastor on a journey that he does not want to take. But I can tell you this. If his ministry and if Sister McGee's ministry somehow conforms your heart and mind that you can be saved and missed hell, you cannot pay him enough, you cannot respect him enough, you can't be kind enough. If some way or another, when you stand before God, he has prepared you. He's already sweating. I'm not looking over there. Numbers 10 and 1, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Make thee two trumpets of silver. Of a whole piece shalt thou make them, that thou mayest use them for the calling of the assembly and for the journeying of the camps. And when they shall blow with them, all the assembly shall assemble themselves to thee at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. Might help if I could breathe. And they blow, and if they blow but with one trumpet, then the princes, which are heads of the thousands of Israel, shall gather themselves unto thee 
When you blow an alarm, then the camps that lie on the east part shall go forward. When you blow an alarm the second time, then the camps that lie on the south side shall take their journey. They shall blow an alarm for their journeys. If the Lord will help me for just a few minutes, everybody bragged about how short-winded I was Friday night. That's because I knew I was going to be long-winded today. Here's what I have found. I can come to this church or a church, preach a revival, 42, can get the Holy Ghost. I can see you at conference and you won't remember my name. But if I let you out six minutes early on Sunday morning, my name is forever embedded into your memory banks. That's not going to happen today. The Lord will help me for a few moments of time. I want to preach to you hearing the two trumpets. Hearing the two trumpets. Pastor, would you help us pray this morning? Amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, I sure am glad you're here today. You can be seated today. God bless you. I wrote these notes last night. I wrote these notes last night after Kentucky put a whooping on LSU. 42 to 21. Three touchdowns. Okay, y'all aren't impressed, but that's because y'all are from Illinois. You're, you like it. You like it. I, I, I got up early this morning at about 6, my normal get-up time. I already had everything together, and I'd already sent the information to the right people and all of that. And then uh, this morning at 6, or 10 after 6, the Lord started dealing with me in a little bit of a different fashion. I'd like today for a few moments of time share with you my heart today. When you consider the plight of Moses and when you consider the wilderness journey, uh, surely you can see the miraculous hand of God. The thought of how the Lord provided for the Israelite, for the Israelites, during this journey through the wilderness, it sometimes, many times, possibly, is beyond our comprehension to think that every day for all of those years, all of that time, God provided for the Israelites in that wilderness journey. And the thing that excites me today is the very same God that I serve today is the same God that did all of that providing back then. There are no doubt in this building, there are no doubt many needs that are represented at any given moment of time. But I ask you today, I challenge you, I ask you today, Whose need is greater than God's ability to say, let there be light and there was light? 
I challenge you to stand right now and proclaim your need that is greater than God's ability to, to, to say, I'm going to form man out of the dust of the earth and I'm going to breathe the breath of life into man's nostrils. Whose need today is greater than God's ability? What I'm saying to you this morning is that every situation that is represented in this church, if you would put them all together, it is not even a scratch in God's power and in God's ability. But sometimes it's beyond our comprehension. We have hurt for so long and we've struggled for so long and we've asked the... Look, y'all, don't look at me like that because you'll make me think I'm at home and then I'll get really ugly. I'll get really, really, really ugly. You, you, you understand sometimes... I'm going to go ahead and say it. Sometimes I come to God and I start giving God my pedigree. God, I've been faithful for little, you know, I've done this, this, and this, and I've given this much money, and I've been faithful to missions, and I've got up at, at two in the morning and run, as if God doesn't already know. Yeah, I, I, okay, I'm going to... God, I'm going to tell you something that you probably didn't know about me. I'm just telling you that the same God that provided for the Israelites through the wilderness journey is the same God that's got my back today. As a matter of fact, he's going before me. He's my re-reward or he's my rear God. He's to my right, he's to my left, in front, in back, over me. Okay, y'all don't know that song. Amen. I'm glad that I've got God on my side today. His power, God's abilities have not waned in 2021. Moving this mass of individuals through the wilderness journey uh, was a gargantuan feat. It was an effort that took cunning preciseness. It was an effort that took cooperation. All that stuff that went on last night, one person didn't do all that. It took a bunch of folks. And I need a pat on the back after service that I didn't say what I wanted to say right there. But God provided. But it was an effort that took everybody. Oh, I can't do it. Well, here's what I'm saying. You might not do it as well as I can, but you can do it. You, you, you might, uh, might not accomplish what somebody else would accomplish, but let me tell you something. You can add a flavor that no one else can add. So can I, am I as good as, probably not, but give me the bat. I'm stepping in the batter's box, and I'm not going to strike out. Now, I might not get on... I'm, I might not get on first base, but I'm going to swing at that ball. I'm going to do the best that I can. The, the, the Israelites, they, 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 on this, they are on this journey on their quest to reach a land that is flowing with milk and honey. When the Israelites moved, the tabernacle moved. What a task. All of this couldn't be done with just a blink of an eye 
it was an organized effort. Although the Levitical priesthood was responsible for the setting up and the tearing down, each tribe had a responsibility in the moving of the tabernacle. What a journey it must have been watching with your own eyes the Red Sea part. I don't know how much of this is true uh, because I don't remember all the particulars of the story. But my father-in-law, who's passed away, Brother Clement, some of you may know, I know some of you know him. He was preaching a revival. Excuse me. He was attending a revival. He was not preaching the revival. And the preacher was up there preaching about how that, you know, what was their obstacle today, the Red Sea ended up being their deliverance the next day because Pharaoh and all of those guys drowned. And there was a guy about halfway back sitting on the far left jumped up and said, I've got proof that the Red Sea was only two feet deep where they crossed. And about that time, another lady, on, according to Brother Clement, about that time, another lady on the right-hand side jumped up and started hollering and jumping up and down and took three laps around the church. And when order finally got restored, the lady said, uh, uh, he, it, it may have only been two feet, but can you imagine drowning Pharaoh and all them horses in two feet of water? Let me tell you something. If God says drown, you're going to drown. But if God says you're going to float, there's not enough demons in hell that can stop, amen, the power of the most holy God of Israel. If God provided for them then, he's going to provide for us today because it is the word of God. And the word of God is forever settled in heaven. You can't change it. I can't change it. Sit down. Y'all are trying, and I'm not going to let y'all because I got something to say this morning. Can you imagine wearing the same clothes for 40 years? Can some of you women imagine wearing the same shoes? Excuse me for a minute, but I saved this. I've been saving this. Can you imagine for 40 years? Look at me. Can you imagine for 40 years wearing the same pair of glasses? <laughs> if anybody wants to run up here and look, that's not in my notes. It's not. There was much that went wrong through that journey. But I want to interject to you that there was a lot of things that also went right. I guarantee, I can prove it, I'm not going to take the time, but I guarantee there was one or two of those Israelites that leaned to the negative side. Somebody said, that's right, I know. You want to know why you know that there was somebody that leaned to the negative probably because you have the same attributes. No, no, no. It might be because you're negative Nancy instead of positive Pete. 
You want to look around in this church, it won't take you very long to find something wrong. If you want to pick on all the going-ons and the responsibilities, it won't take you very long to not find one or two issues. You'll probably find a whole lot more than that. But here's what I'm telling you. For everything that's wrong, there's ten more things that right that is right. It all depends on how you are looking at the situation. Again, this is, this is not in my notes and this is free. I haven't got to you yet. But, but here's the thing. When people at, at, at... There's a church that I know in Kentucky. When those people start getting aggravated about something that's going on in the church. Let me, let, let, me, let me back that up. If those folks at Greater Life Apostolic Church in Madisonville, Kentucky, when they start looking at the things I'm doing and don't like, you know what I want to do? I want to hand them the keys and say, let's just see how good of a job you can do. And that's not in my notes either. But, there was no doubt some difficulties. There was no doubt some things that went wrong. But I'm also here to tell you that there was many things that went right. It's just dependent upon how you looked at it. Rules were instilled to direct the easy movement of the Israelites through the wilderness. These scriptures that I read in your hearing were the instructions to the Israelites concerning when it was time to prepare to move out. I'm going to make it real simple. You can go back and read those scriptures later if you want to, but here it is in a nutshell. The instructions were there are to be two trumpets made of, of, of silver, and they are to be used for two separate things. The first trumpet was to blow and that meant all the assembly come together and get ready to leave. The second trumpet was to sound. You know what that meant? Time to hit the road and get this journey uh, uh, through the wilderness started. So one trumpet was to come together. The other trumpet was to leave. When the second trumpet sounded, you got to understand that, or excuse me, when the first trumpet sounded, that meant stop what you're doing, put the fishing poles up. There's nothing wrong with fishing except on Sunday morning and Wednesday night. Nothing wrong. The first trumpet meant, hey, y'all, we got to quit our grill outs. We got to quit our hunting. We got to quit our sowing. We got to quit everything and get together because in a few minutes from now, the second trumpet's going to blow. And when the second trumpet blows, then that means it's time to go. So failing to hear uh, um, the first trumpet could possibly leave them unprepared for the sounding of the second trumpet. To be unprepared for the second trumpet meant you're going to get left behind. 
when uh, what if a person veered too far away from the camp what if they explored a little further than they should have and the, the, the trumpet blew and it's time to come together it's time it's almost time to leave but but you understand that they were too far away or or maybe they just hey I'm gonna I, I'm, I'm gonna push it just a little bit amen I want you to know today that they couldn't get too far from the camp out of fear of not being able to hear the trumpet. Now I have I have spent this last uh, I can't do math. I have spent this last 17 minutes maybe to get to this statement right here. To fail to hear the trump first trumpet left you unprepared for the blowing of the second trumpet. I thank God today for men that are more than preachers. I'm going to be honest with you today, and I'm, 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 I'm being kind. Preachers are a dime a dozen. You can find a preacher anywhere. I had a, I, I had a situation uh, Wednesday, uh, whatever night it was, I had a situation where I was supposed to baptize a guy. I had prepared my entire sermon to help him understand water baptism. He didn't show. The folks that was there, they didn't need a sermon on water baptism. So off the cuff, I just opened my Bible, dropped it open, picked the scripture, and preached. I had three or four smart mouths in my church that came to me after church and said, I believe that's the best Bible study you've ever preached and taught in your life. I didn't tell them. You know what I'm saying to you? If you've been preaching very long, and if it's in you, in an emergency, it'll come out. Preachers are a dime a dozen. But I want to salute today all of the preachers, and I guess I'm speaking today to Bishop McCool and uh, <laughs> Bishop McGee. Where did that come from? I don't even like Bishop McCool. I, I, I've, I've never liked, no. Okay, get it out of your system. I'm saluting today Bishop McGee and Pastor McGee. Not for their preaching ability. Oh, we all know that they can do the job. We all know that they're going to have something good to say. The highest compliment that I can pay Pastor is that almost every Sunday night, I'm on y'all's uh, Facebook listening to at least half of his sermon. I don't do that for everybody. But I know that when he gets in the pulpit, he's going to have something to say. And I salute that. I, I, I honor him. I give him all the, the accolades that I can. But again, preachers are a dime a dozen. I salute those men that say preaching is a part 
of my pastoring. For every man that says, I am not just a preacher, but today I am the pastor of First Apostolic Church, those today are the men that I want to salute because pastors are not a dime a dozen. Man, I want to thank God for those men that are more than preachers but has taken on the role of bishop and the role of pastor so that they can deal with your cantankerous soul. Well, there's, here, no, here's what happened. So they can deal with your cantankerous soul. And there was at least one, maybe more, that said they got real interested in the shine on their shoes. <laughs> I'm thankful that you've got a pastor that has taken that trumpet and put it to his lips and has blown the horn for 10 years. I am thankful for a pastor that is constantly blowing the trumpet to First Apostolic Church. And the reason that he is blowing that trumpet is to make sure you don't get too far away that you can't hear the second trumpet. Pastor is blowing the trumpet for your preparation for a place called heaven. Your man of God is blowing the trumpet of separation from the world and dedication to God. And he sees dangers in your soul. Amen. That he's trying to blow the trumpet. You got to quit doing this. You got to start doing this. You got to be faithful. You got you to honor God. Amen. You understand that he's doing that not to make you mad. The pastor of a church never wants to make someone mad but he's wanting to make sure that you hear that second trumpet he's wanting to make sure that you don't get too far away this is don't, don't be insulted when I say this because it's true about every church I've ever been to if everybody that had been saved under the ministry of these two men, under the ministry of your pastor, if they were here today, a building three times this size would not hold them all. But you know what happened? Somebody somewhere got a little too far out there in the bushes. Somebody somewhere got their own ideas. And he, this is free. Somebody somewhere wasn't tough enough to live the apostolic way. That's not in my notes either. Sometimes I've got to admit that in Madisonville, Kentucky, I don't want to be the pastor. I want to be the hireling. There's, there's days, there's been days that all I wanted to do was run. Want to know why? Because I get tired of dealing with folk. Well, we don't have that in our church. Well, yeah, you do. Man, these glasses are dirty. No, I'm good. 
there's days that I want to be the hireling. Let somebody else come early. Let somebody else come and take care of the cleaning. Let, let somebody else do the work. I don't know how it is here, and, I don't, I, and I'm not asking. I don't want to know. But I, all I can tell you is that Greater Life Madisonville is blessed to have a pastor that's got a little bit of carpentry skills. Here's the way that works. Hey, guys, Monday night, 6 o'clock, we'll be having men's work night. You look back there, and there's 15 men. Okay, guys, we didn't get done tonight, so we're going to come back Thursday night. Thursday night, 6 o'clock, look back there. Me and Jesus got our own thing. There are days that you are sitting at home with your feet propped up, drinking your uh, iced tea and eating your bologna sandwich, and your pastor is not at home uh, with his family doing family things. You know what he's doing? He's getting things ready so that when you come to the house of God, you'll have a cool place, you'll have a spot you can sit down, uh, making sure the yard is mowed, uh, making sure the windows are clean, uh, making sure the trash is taken out. I said that one time, and I had, a, I had a, a person come to me after church and said, our pastor doesn't do any of that. I do. Yeah. And with that attitude, the pastor has to be on you nonstop to make sure you do it so he doesn't have to. See, y'all... Okay, I'm going to go back to no sweat aloud, okay? There's times I want to run. There's times I want to say, forget it. Work it out on your own. And if you could work it out, you wouldn't be in the mess you're in now. So you need somebody. So you understand that your pastor, your pastor, your pastor, and his wife are not hirelings. I already told you, you can't pay him enough money to keep your hide saved. You can't pay him enough money to get you to heaven. You can't give them enough respect if they are able to get you to heaven. But your pastor is not a hireling. He's a shepherd. And every now and then, the shepherd <laughs> has got to whack the sheep. If, 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 if y'all could see what I see today. Nobody likes getting whacked. But let me tell you this. The shepherd doesn't enjoy doing the whacking. If he does enjoy doing the shepherd, you need, doing the whacking, if the shepherd does enjoy, you know what you need to do? You need to find another shepherd. The shepherd gets up here and blows the trumpet because he wants you to go to the same place he's going. 
And he wants you to make the right decisions so that you will be able, amen, to be, you'll be able to make heaven your home. Every time your pastor puts the trumpet to his lips, every time he may chastise you for your personal choices, every time he blows the trumpet to try to get you ready, you ought to say thank God, I've got a pastor that loves me enough, that cares for me enough, that he's willing to blow the horn and he's willing to blow the trumpet. I had a, I had a saint. You know what? I was in the hospital with COVID and you didn't come visit me one time. That's what he said. <clears throat> well, I could have went and visited him. But at that time, the deal was you were only allowed one visitor a day. And if I had been the visitor, I could stay for four hours. But mama or wife... None of the family could come for that day. They could come the next day. So I just kind of didn't feel right about taking the wife's position. And I told her that. And that thugette didn't tell that thug. So the thug was mad at me. I'm glad we got it fixed. I'm glad we got it all fixed. But you understand sometimes the least little lack of communication, but the least little lack of understanding. See, we're all standing around, and I, 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 I turn around and I say, boy, that Jerry Mason, man, he's no good, isn't he? And we all laugh because everybody knows the spirit that I set it in. But then somebody in that group goes and says, did you hear Brother Frederick talking about Jerry Mason? Now, here's the thing. I've been talking about Jerry Mason for 30 years, and I'll do it anytime I want to. But sometimes you're not able to hear. That's longer than 30 years, isn't it? Yeah, a lot, lot longer than 30 years. Excuse me just for a second. It all started at Shoney's, didn't it? Yeah, it did, yeah. My point today is, is that sometimes you're not able to see what the pastor sees. Sometimes you're not able to understand what the pastor understands. And let me, let me stick this in here for free. Sometimes the sermon that is coming across this pulpit is not for you. Sometimes it's for that person sitting over there. But you ought to be the one that's saying, preach it, pastor. Blow the trumpet, pastor. Would you blow it a little louder? Would you blow it a little longer? Oh, would you some way, somehow, would you touch God and get God to give me something that I need so that I will be able to hear the second trumpet? You know what I'm saying today? Pastor McGee, you keep blowing that trumpet. You keep blowing that horn. And every time that he does, you need to have your hand in the air saying, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. That I've got 
just blowing the horn so that I can hear the second trumpet. Your pastor sometimes grows weary with blowing the trumpet. Want to know why? It wreaks havoc in his life. Don't y'all give me that real spiritual look. I'll come back here and sit down and preach right beside you. You tell me that there hasn't been times that you was frustrated with your shepherd. I'm sorry. I'm not calling anybody a liar, but I don't believe it. You know, you know all that stuff that Brother McGee got up here Friday night, whatever night, and started talking about all my accolades? You would think that by now I would be above getting frustrated. Because here's, I have three pastors over my life. Not one, not two, three. That is no fun. That is no fun. I'll call them, and here's, here's, here's the deal. When I call one of the three, hello, here's, here's the way it goes. Have you got a minute? And those three guys know immediately when I say, have you got a minute? I'm not looking for advice. I'm not looking for correction. I'm looking to, to be able to trust somebody that I can rant and rave to. Boy, I'll start in, and I'm telling you, I'll mention names. You know, it's not I got a member. I'll, I'll, I'll just mention names. And I'll, and, I, and I'll get all that done, and when I hit that silent mode, they, these three men know to say something like this, okay, I'll talk to you soon. Click. I have called those men, I have called those pastors in the midst of family gatherings. Their family gatherings. I have called them when they were sitting down to the dinner table. I have called them when they were in some degree indisposed. But all three of them has never turned a deaf ear. You know what I'm saying? Thank God that I've got some men that love me enough that'll push the plate back. Thank God I've got some men that'll put me before their family. I'm thankful today that I've got men that'll call me on the phone. Just happened last week. I, I, I got a phone call from one of those three men and their statement was, tell me that you didn't do what I heard you did. There's a good chance I did it. <laughs> There's a real good chance. But thank the Lord when they started telling a story that was going around about me, there wasn't a thread of truth. And, and, and I'm thankful for that because my bishop told me if there was any truth of that, I was coming to Madisonville. And I don't want him to come to Madisonville. I want him to be on the phone where I can click him if I have to. I can stand before you today and I can tell you that brother and sister McGee, they did not give their life for the sheep. But I can tell you 
that they have given their life to the sheep. I don't know this, but yet I do. Call them at two in the morning. Watch what happens. Call them when they're getting ready to leave to go on a family vacation and watch what happens. It's all for one reason, that the sheep might be able to hear the second trumpet. Personal attacks and tacky statements about your man of God, all because he blew a trumpet in your life, that, that only proves that he was right to blow the trumpet. You can beat your chest of unappreciation, but you should be thankful that a man is willing to show up every day, and hear me plainly, and blow the same trumpet. Not a trumpet of, let's make this, uh, this as easy on you as we can. Not a trumpet of, don't worry about that. It's okay. Go ahead and do it. The Lord understands. No. Thank God for a pastor that will blow that trumpet, that won't let you go too far. I got a phone call. One, I got a phone call, and one of the young men was getting ready to get on a bus, Greyhound bus, to leave town. I what are you? It's 2:30 in the morning. You ought to be home in bed. Does your daddy know? That you're not home? No, I'm leaving. Well, where are you going? Wherever I please. No, you're not going anywhere. I got in my truck. I drove there and um, physically accosted him. In other words, I took him home when he didn't want to go. Now, in today's world, I probably got put in the penitentiary for that because I did lay physical hands on him, and I did help him, you know, my truck, it's four-wheel drive, I, I helped him get in that truck. I got him home, and I said, how are we going to get you in the house without waking your daddy up? If your daddy wakes up and sees me here at 2.30 in the morning, he's going to whoop me, not you, and I'm afraid of him. He said, don't worry about it, preacher. The same way I got out, that's how I'll get back in. Now, all I'm telling you is that there are some men that would have said, get on the bus, go wherever you want to go. But I'm glad today that First Apostolic Church has a pastor that's willing to blow the horn whether you like it or not. I'm glad that you've got a pastor, amen, that is willing to let you know what you got to do and what you don't have to do and what you've got to start doing, what you got to quit doing. Get mad at him. But hear the trumpet. Be frustrated with him. But hear the trumpet. Pop off to him about others. But hear the trumpet. Because one of these days, either the trumpet's going to sound or your personal trumpet's going to sound. And only what you have done in this life is going to matter. I'm, today, I'm saying to Brother McGee and Sister McGee, I'm saying to them, keep on blowing the horn. It's, 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 it's going to wreak some havoc in your life. They're going to talk bad about you. And, and, and they're going to get around the supper table and they're going to devour you. But, Everybody deserves one good meal before they die. 
frustrated with them. Come to church and don't talk to them. But hear the trumpet. And recognize if he just would ease it down a little bit, it might would be a little easier on him. But he's not a hireling. You know what he's trying to do? He is trying to get you to a place called heaven. Amen. Blow the trumpet, pastor. Blow the trumpet. Your pastor does not have the luxury of playing the popularity game. It's not in his job description. I have certainly seen times that I was not happy with the men who was warring for my soul. My pastor caught, I, I, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't even married. My pastor called me, who ended up being my father-in-law. I got her. He called me and he said, I want you to come to my house. Okay. So I went to his house and he said, hey, by the way, um, I, I, I understand that you listen to a certain kind of music yeah got several hundred dollars tied up in those eight track tapes y'all don't even know what I'm talking about just eight track I mean that was even before cassettes it was after reel to reel that's that's the timeline he said uh, well uh, can you bring those in here I'd like to look at them Progressive pastor. I went out to the car, got in the back seat. You know, you had a little case. Carried that thing in. Set him down. You built a fire? It's September. Okay. Maybe you're cold. He said, open it up. Oh, Aerosmith. ACDC. If you only knew how much money I've got, you wouldn't do that. I want you to know that by the time it was up, do y'all have any idea how poisonous plastic Burnt plastic is, it can kill you. And I was praying that it would. <laughs> and then he said, All right, I'm going to let you keep the case. <laughs> what am I going to do with it? I still got the case. No, I'm telling you. 43 years later, I still got the case. You want to know why? Because it represents something to me. That a man who at that time was not my, my father-in-law, but he cared about my soul enough, he didn't ask me if it was okay. He didn't ask me if it would be all right. He just said, bring those in. I'd like to look at them. Now, I'm just here today to tell you, I thank God for a pastor that blew the trumpet in my life. 
He also told me that I had to quit doing some other things. Well, I have been doing them for 20 years. That's what I told him. He said, well, you've been wrong for 20 years. You've got to understand, I can't do it now. I, I'm, I'm too old and I'm too fat. But back in those days, I know one thing. There ain't nothing. Thank God for a pastor that said, I'm going to put this trumpet to my lips because you may be mad at me today and you may be furious with me today, but 45 years from now, when you look at that empty uh, eight-track tape case, you're going to remember that I loved you enough to go above and beyond what was expected of me. I want you to know today, I thank God for my pastor. Stand with me this morning. I did not get to where I am today. And I know that I'm not, I know I've still got a long way to go. But I can assure you, I've come a long way from where I was. I thank God today for the pastor that blew the horn. And you ought to be thankful. I don't care how frustrated you get with him. Let me ask you a question. You guys that are married, when you get frustrated with your wife, do you run off and go to China? A couple hours passes by and everything's well. You, you ladies, there's nothing for you ladies to get upset with your men. I know that because they are. I saw that. I saw that. I don't have my glasses on, but I saw that. Sister Sarah. You know, it's amazing. You'll forgive your husband. You'll forgive your wife. But you carry a grudge for years because your pastor told your kid you can't blow bubbles in the sanctuary. You say, well, that's trivial. Yeah, most of it is. Thank God. I mean, I, I don't know how long Brother McGee is going to be here pastoring this church. It could be the rest of his life. It could be day after tomorrow. Who knows? But I'm thankful that he takes the microphone in his hand and he preaches the word of God. You need to give honor today. A hand clap of praise for your pastor. I don't know. Am I giving you this? No. Yeah. No. Oh. I don't know. Come on. For your pastor. For your pastor. just lift our hands and worship the Lord together we've heard a message from God today
This is an old chorus, but it's what's in my spirit right now. I want you to help me sing it this morning. We sing it to the Lord, but I think we can also sing it today in honor to this message that we heard this morning on behalf of our pastor and his wife and giving them honor. And it's just a simple song that tells the Lord, I need you. I can't think of a time of my life that I don't need the Lord. And I think in alignment with what Brother Frederick ministered this morning, I can't think of a time in my life that I also don't need a man of God to help keep me in the presence of the Lord. So lift your voice, lift your hands, close your eyes this morning, and just help me sing this song today. I need. Amen. I need the Lord. Amen. Today for, for sure. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Frederick. I'd much rather been you today than to be me. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we were uh, in northern Indiana preaching a 20-year anniversary for a pastor. And, man, I enjoyed myself greatly being able to preach a sermon about will you go with this man and such and uh, be preaching this coming week. Uh, for another church in that line. So I, I like those spots. I don't like that spot. Amen. But uh, I've, one thing I've tried to endeavor in my life here is kind of like the Apostle Paul whenever he was on his way to uh, Jerusalem and he met one more time with those at Ephesus. And he told them, he said, for I've, I've, I've not shunned to deliver unto you the, the whole counsel of God. 
And uh, that's been one of my goals and purposes as a pastor. I don't want to leave any stone unturned. I want to make sure we cover the basis concerning doctrine. I want to make sure we cover the basis concerning salvation. And I'll say it over and over. You know we have. How many times we talked about repentance and Jesus' name baptism and uh, lifestyles and so on and so forth because, amen, the essentiality of them all. And I do know this, and this is just as a result of uh, uh, the passing of uh, Morgan uh, Molesker about three and a half years ago, we were preaching a camp meeting out in Nebraska and Morgan came to me at that time. He was probably just a little around, I don't know, maybe 16 or maybe even a younger. And he says, he said, brother McGee, I want you to be a mentor to me. I said, well, let's talk to your pastor. You know, you, hold on. I've never had that. No one's ever asked me to be their mentor. You understand? And so we talked to the pastor said, no, that's great and fine for so three and a half years. We have kept base. We have done things together with some guys in this church and stuff on Zoom. And then I, I try to keep my brother Molesker accountable and talk. And whenever I found out Friday night as we was eating with brother Frederick uh, of the tragedy, uh, the heart of a shepherd just being a mentor came on me. And I thought, what could have I done more? What could I have done different? What could I have done better? for that young man. And uh, it pulled at my heart. And I know any pastor across this world, whenever they see somebody that strays or goes away, what it's always what could I have done more? What could I have done different? What could I have done better? Amen. Hallelujah. Hey, where You may be seated this morning. We're transitioning here today. Amen. And I'm going to turn things over to... Uh, Brother and Sister Mason, and we appreciate them. I'm so thankful again for each one of you being here in this, this celebration weekend. And we, again, we will convene here again tonight at 6 o'clock. Pastor Frederick's going to come. He's going to minister the word of the Lord again. Amen. Aren't you appreciative of his ministry? Amen. Here this weekend. Amen. Amen. I'm going to turn this to, to Brother Mason this morning. Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. Aren't you thankful for the word of the Lord this morning? Um, so just uh, we are transitioning now into a segment of our service where we are going to spend some time uh, giving honor and appreciation to Pastor and Sister McGee uh, celebrating their 10-year anniversary here at the church. We love them. Amen. We appreciate them. And what we're doing now is still just as much in order as it is running the aisles and talking in tongues. So uh, please stay tuned with us. We're not going to we're going to be efficient this morning, but we don't want to rush either, uh, because uh, they are worth our time investment today. So for now, please turn your attention to the screen. Hey, Pastor! Thanks for seeing me. This is so great. I have been wanting to talk to you for quite a while, and um, to be right here with you right now is awesome. Does it look like I have an appointment? Be in the children's minister. Uh, first, the good news, because who doesn't like good news? <laughs> Listen, I've been looking at the numbers, and we are hurting, all right? We are bleeding with a capital bleed, okay? I know you've been wanting to talk to me, but being the youth minister, I'm really busy, okay? I'm doing a lot, a lot of stuff. But as building superintendent of this here church, I got a problem. Singles ministry, it ain't working. No one's coming. You know it, and I know it. There's only one thing I think this church is missing. Snakes. I just really need to confess to you, my pastor, that the Ten Commandments, I've done all of them. Okay, I've committed all of them, okay? Except murder. I am the chairman of the deacons of this church. This weekend we're doing a junior high lock-in. 
That is a great concept, isn't it? I mean, whoever thought of that, I mean, you know what I'm saying? What if we rent out the left side of our auditorium to that new hipster church, huh? Here's my letter of resignation. I'm going back to work at Starbucks because they give benefits. The good news is with VBS, um, we had so many kids involved and 17 kids came to know the Lord. I was here long before you got here. Um, the bad news is we've lost one of them, um, Timmy. And I'll be here long after you're gone. I need you to have my back, okay? I need you to have my back because, I mean, the seniors, they are, they are on me. Not my senior high class, but the senior citizens, they do not like me. We're not using it. You're not going to fill it up with your messages. And here's the simple truth. That could help us out. What do you say? Hip, hip, hipster away? But we let Carl here loose on some of our congregants. See who's without sin and who's not, huh? I'm sure this happens a lot in churches, doesn't it? No. Okay. Okay. Well. And by the way, I can't get that smell out of the band. So just have my back, okay? I'm really, really trying. I got a lot on my plate. Do, do you see that? God has been talking to me really big time. And I think he wants me to preach. Adios, muchacho. Let me show you what I'm talking about. Carl. Oh, Carl's out. Carl's out. No hard feelings? Don't mind if I do. Thank you, sir. Is that cigarettes? You need to get right with the Lord or get out of here because that snake's poisonous. I'm not kidding. Carl! And just to set the record straight, that was an intentional exaggeration. Amen. I would like at this time uh, for Sister Mariah Dawn McGee and Brother Trevor Paul McGee to make their way to the platform. It's not a trick. Come on. Come on. And you can stand right here. as my wife is coming. We had a garment malfunction, just one moment. Let's give our pastor's kids a good hand this morning. So I get the privilege of talking about these two amazing people up here. How many thinks their pastor kids are pretty amazing? Yeah. Amen. What's it like to be a pastor's kid? I don't know if you've ever thought about it before, but uh, I know myself and I understand firsthand because I was also a pastor's child. Still am. It's not an easy road. Nope. Many PKs feel like they aren't allowed to make mistakes, that people expect them to be perfect, or hold them to a higher standard than others, like under a magnifying glass. They live 
daily knowing that at any moment, mom or dad might get a phone call and that could totally change their plans. Yep. They get burnout. When everything in your life is always about church, they desire something normal. They want and desire activities outside of the church. Um, they just need a break sometimes. We all do, don't we? They need us as a church family to be understanding and caring. They sometimes spend countless hours away from their parents because of their parents fulfilling their roles in the church and in the organization of the ALJC ministry. And it's hard for them, and they miss them. Yeah, they're just like any other kid. They miss their parents. They're usually the first people at church and usually the last people to leave. They sometimes have spent days at church, even after school, doing their homework. I've been here when they're here after school doing their homework because their parents had obligations here. They spend countless hours at the church. Just like Brother Frederick was talking this morning, sometimes when their parents were here, they're here too because you know what? Until Mariah got a certain age, they, they weren't old enough to stay at home alone, so where were they at? Right here at the church. For 10 years, they have served with their parents. A lot of times, you know, you focus on the pastor and his wife, but these two are also part of their ministry. They are part of the ministry. They serve with them. And Mariah has pretty much, that's all almost she's known most of her life. She was six when they took the church. And Trevor, that's all he's ever known. He was two. He don't remember what it was like when mom and dad weren't the pastors. Um, it's not an easy role, but I think they've done a wonderful job. Um, they're troopers. They're troopers. Um, they, uh, I think that, do yourself a favor. If you don't know your pastor's kids, get to know them. Because you know what? They are a whole lot of fun. Um, they're very kind, very caring, and um, they're funny. <laughs> if you haven't heard Trevor tell you a joke, ask after church. He has several. But um, find out their likes and their dislikes. Spoil them. Because you know what? They deserve to be spoiled. Um, they walk this path that they didn't choose. Pastor and Sister McGee chose this pathway. That's where God led them. They didn't choose this path. But that's where God wants them. And I think they serve very gracefully. And I guarantee you that knowing them will change your life for the better. Um, they love really big. If you've never had a hug from one of them, you're missing out. Today and every day, we're grateful that we get to watch them. We've gotten to watch them on this journey in life. And I'm thankful that they belong to FAC. We've got some gifts for you. That's right. They deserve that. Give it to them.
Mariah looked at me and she said, can I go sit down? <laughs> Pastor and Sister McGee, if you would come, please. Take your position behind me for a few moments. <clears throat> Pastor McGee preached his first message in 1991 at the age of 12. They were married. Lord, I hope I've got this right. November 97. I was a little worried about the year. I can't do math either. He was ordained in the ministry in 1998. <clears throat> they began full-time evangelizing in March of 2001. They were accepted into the evangelist department of the Assemblies of the Lord Jesus Christ fall of 2002. They settled in... Branford, Florida, under Pastor Steve Boyd for a few for several months as resident evangelists. And then in April of 2007, they had already made their way back home here from Florida and was here for our first service as First Apostolic Church on 1121 Cedar Street. January of 2011, they took the helm and began leading our congregation into our future. A little more than 10 years have passed, and today we pause for just a few moments to celebrate a godly couple that stands behind me who exudes faithfulness and radiates consistency. 1 Timothy 5.17 says, Let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially they who labor in word and doctrine. I want to take a few moments to just look at a couple of key words here in this verse of 1 Timothy 5.17, and that is elder and double. Elder is a synonym used in 1 Timothy 5.17 for pastor or priest. This is the only definition of this word in this scripture. Some people refer to deacons as elders of the church. Some people even refer to the elderly as elders of the church. But 1 Timothy 5.17, the writer is not talking about an age distinction. He's referring to an office. And in that office, that is what Pastor and Sister McGee stand together to hold. Double is used a few times throughout the Word of God. In 2 Kings 2 and 9, Elisha prayed for a double portion of Elijah's spirit. In Isaiah 40 and 2, Jerusalem received God's blessings double in proportion to their sins. In Zechariah 9, 12, double benefits and prosperity were given to those who returned to God's land from their exile in Babylon. 1 Timothy 5, 17 in the message version says, give a bonus to leaders who do a good job especially the ones who work hard at preaching and teaching. The common English Bible says elders who lead well should be paid double, especially those who work with public speaking and teaching. Holman's Christian Standard Bible reads, the elders who are good leaders should be considered worthy of an ample honorarium. The model laid out for us in 1 Timothy 5.17 provides examples of both respect and financial support which Brother Frederick also touched on this morning. Pastor McGee is a sought-after conference and camp meeting preacher. 
He's a mentor to young preachers aspiring to grow in their ministry. And he's a globally recognized figure in the assemblies of the Lord Jesus Christ. While serving alongside her husband, Sister McGee is also a person of notoriety in her own right. Having been active for several years in Kids Quest at our district camp meetings, serving as vice president of the Indiana District Women's Esprit, then serving as president of the Indiana District Women's Esprit, and now most recently elected as vice president of the National Women's Esprit of the Assemblies of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yet they both remain faithful and consistent in their love and devotion for First Apostolic Church. How can you show appreciation? Thank you for asking. A thank you card, a gift card, prayer. And this was in my notes before today's message. An expression of thank you after a sermon your flesh doesn't like. Or just simply by being faithful. Imagine with me for just a few moments that you get to have your all-time favorite meal every day of the week for the rest of your life. Sounds pretty good. I've got a couple of meals reeling through my mind right now that I might choose. But sooner than we would like to admit, that meal would no longer be our favorite. It would become routine. And what was once elegance for our palate would now seem bland and ordinary and we would long for something different. In an article written by Megan Molaris and published online February 9, 2018, registered dietitian Katie Jordan Hazy explained that while every cell in the human body regenerates every 7 to 10 years, our taste buds change every two weeks. So it's no wonder that what may seem great today, in just a few days, it's old. I don't want that meal anymore. I'm tired of it. You know what, folks? Spiritually, I don't think it's any different. We have the esteemed pleasure today of having God's Word delivered to us on a routine basis, like it's filet mignon. Now, if you don't like filet, that's fine, but that's one of my favorites. And if we're not careful, what we're so thankful for in any one given moment can become routine. and Old, and even seem bland, and I forgot to say thank you for that message that you spent 35 hours preparing because I don't have the gratitude I used to because I've tasted this for so many years. It's not, good. It's not that it's not good anymore. But it can be sometimes that our taste buds have changed. So I want to carefully admonish us together as the congregation of First Apostolic Church. Keep your spiritual taste buds fresh. We've got a good thing. Pray. Have a daily devotion. Don't miss church. Don't miss church. Amen. Don't miss church. Amen. And in case you're wondering, yes, that was in my notes three times. Follow God's commandment, both in giving monetarily and sacrificially. 
and practice gratitude throughout the year. And on your own. And I'm very privileged to have this opportunity this morning. And while I hope that any one or two words that I have prepared makes them feel good, I know, I know, it's meaningless compared to just what a simple thank you from you would do. So today we honor them because we're thankful for them. I have the microphone today, so I'm just serving as your voice to tell the two of you, happy 10 years. Thank you for being who you are. Loving, caring, in ways that we may never know. I say thank you. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for loving them. We love you. Let's give them a hand today. Amen. You may be seated for just a couple more moments. So I have here a, a couple of envelopes, and I believe this, these two envelopes, Pastor and Sister McGee, is from the uh, kids, kids' age group. Kids, next gen. Thank you. You can open them if you want. In this envelope, <clears throat> there is a check that is in the sum total of $100 per year for $1,000 for the two of you as a token of our thanks and appreciation. Unfortunately and regrettably today, we cannot afford to financially give you the double honor you deserve, but we are here to do what we can do. Additionally, Pastor, you will find a voucher in here that is written out to you for a replacement of office furniture to your liking because we know that you are in dire need of that. And you have taken what you have had for years, and we want you to have the best that you can have. And while there's nothing else for Sister McGee in this envelope, hers is in that basket. We love you.
Amen. <clears throat> Thank you all. Uh, this morning we are overwhelmed by your by your love and your appreciation. <clears throat> I do want you to know with, and again, Pastor Appreciation Month is like my favorite and the month I hate the most. Just because it feels so awkward to be on this side. I'd much rather be on the opposite side. I feel most comfortable there. Uh, but I appreciate it wholeheartedly. And I do know this uh, with everything that even Brother Mason said. And this is always good to keep in mind. For me, just as just understanding just as much as I can become owed to you, you can become owed to me. And so I, I got to also uh, keep that freshing of the taste bud, so to speak. It's a collective thing, an endeavor for each one of us. Uh, but I appreciate this morning. Thank you for your love, and office furniture will be great. I got a seat that has the leather wore off of it right now. I do spend a lot of time in my office. There's a lot of preparation that goes in things that happen around here. But thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. All the video and the plans and the preparations that have been put into this, I know there's been a lot of wheels turning, and we appreciate it wholeheartedly. Amen. And I don't want to hold you too long because I want you to come back tonight. All right? Amen. So we're going to pray this morning. Amen. And offer a prayer. Thank you to all of our guests that are here. We're appreciative of you being here this morning as well. And come back tonight at 6 o'clock again. Let's finish out this celebration weekend. Amen to the 80 years of this church. Father, we love you today. We're so appreciative, Lord, of you. God, we need you, Lord Jesus. God, you have been with us, God, for these 80 years, Lord, of this existence of this church. God, my family, God, personally, for the past 10, I pray, Lord, now that you would come alongside us, Lord, as we endeavor, Lord, to go forward for more years to come. Lord, help us, God, I pray, God, to be a beacon of hope. God, to those in need of it, Lord, to be loved. God, for those, Lord, that have not none. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that I pray. Amen and amen. The church say amen. Amen. God bless you this morning. In Jesus name. We will see you again here. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you and have a blessed day.